Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Robert Ingalls, the founder and CEO of LawPods, a podcast production and marketing agency for law firms. Hi, Robert. How are you? I'm lovely. It's so good to be here. And I'll tell you, it never gets old hearing CEO and founder of LawPods. Just, it's such a cool thing to be able to do after practicing law for uh, a while. So I love it. You should be proud of it. And I'm excited for this conversation. So tell us about your background and the genesis of LawPods. I spent almost seven years in practice and it was pretty obvious to me early on. I went to school to do criminal defense and Within the first couple of years, it was pretty obvious that I was not a good fit for it. I took it home with me. I woke up with it and it was just very hard on me. And I'm one, I think a lot of people are like this, but I'm one of those people that I just enjoy it when the people around me on a daily basis enjoy my company. What, that when they see me, they smile. They're like, oh, this guy, I like this guy. And that was not how I felt. On a daily basis, I was the villain or co-villain in someone's movie. And just all that negative energy, just really, I did not like it. And it was usually the victim's parents, the frequently my own client. And I didn't make it long there. Uh, within three years, I was completely out. I was doing general civil, but then the constant conflict, dealing with lawyers, and just all the aggressive conflict all the time wore me down. And then I got married. And as soon as I got married, my wife was like, we should have a baby basically tomorrow. And that broke me <laughs> because I'm, I'm barely holding on. And now somebody's going to live here. I've got to be their mentor. I'm not making any money either. And I'm like, how am I going to pay for this thing? And once I got through my proper freak out, that was mostly unbeknownst to her. I, I made a list. Top of the list is money gotta get this money together and nothing else matters. And I read Dave Ramsey's book on money. Very helpful. I'd never read a book on money. I just needed to understand all of it. And then he also had a leadership book. I was running a law office, not well. And so I read his leadership book. At the end of his leadership book, it says, listen to our podcast. I'd never listened to a podcast before. And I, I opened the app. I listened to the podcast. It was a good podcast. It was, it was fine. But then I jumped to the next one. It's like Apple recommends something about office leadership and it's awesome office. First guest, Tom Bilyeu, founder of Quest Nutrition. At the time was doing this show called Inside Quest, now doing Impact Theory. I always like to put this in the universe. I'm going on that show because the man changed my life in that moment. He said something to me that I'd heard a million times. We'd all heard it, but I heard it. You can do anything you want with your life. And I'd never really taken that in. And I'm sitting here, mountain of debt, all this time and energy that I've expended, getting into law school, getting through, studying for the bar, passing the bar, starting a law firm, just all of it. And in that moment, I go, I don't think that I need to do that anymore. And that just, it was this profound shift. And I wish it was as easy as, oh, I'm going to get into podcasting and start this. It was years of grit and figuring things out. But that was the moment that just took me and 
pivoted me on a new path. And it mindset. I heard about mindset really for the first time in that conversation he had. And I read Carol Dweck's book on mindset. Within 30 days, I own $1,000 worth of podcast gear, this microphone, which says a lot about my personality, go big or go home. And from there, it just, I started a podcast in my law firm. Fast forward a couple of years, I'm just, I'm in it. It's my hobby. It's all I think about. It's all I do. I love it. It's my passion. And another lawyer sees it and he says, you think you could help me start a podcast? I'd love to. First client. And a few months later, another one sees it. Maybe I could start. And it, it took a few years. I went and got a full-time job at a bank because now there was a baby and they are expensive. And so I, I finally get out of law. I get this job at the bank and I'm building the company. And within a couple of years, I was able to quit the job and go full time. And it's just, it's massive to me because I had no idea that you could enjoy the thing that you do for money. It's still, I feel like I'm living. If you'd have told me 15 years ago, even 10 years ago, that this is what my day-to-day life is like, and this is how I would feel. I try to remember that every day so I can have gratitude because this is, if I never got another thing in my life, I have everything I've ever wanted. It's incredible. Tell us a little bit about the details of the business and also who are the most common listeners to the Average Lawyers podcast? Yeah, the business is has been interesting. Like I said, I started a podcast at my law firm, so I understood the power in it, what you can get from it as a marketing tool. And one of the things that I think we were discussing off the mic was a networking tool. That was unintended in the beginning. I didn't that just happened. I just stood back and went, oh dear, look how many people I know because of the podcast, because of other podcasts. And so now that's part of my sales strategy is like, why are we doing it? And that'll get me into the next part of who listens, right? Because that is a question I get a lot. When somebody will say, people keep telling me that I should have a podcast, who would listen to a lawyer's podcast? And usually more as a way to disarm them, I'll say nobody until they get hit by a car until they get burned because a defective gas can blew up. That is when they're going to listen because what happens first is they're looking for a lawyer. Somebody might say, I have a lady that you should call or they Google and they find your website. They're on your website now. Now what? Because they want to stay. They want you to be the person to take their problem and run with it. How do you make them do that? And that's frequently content. We have answers to their questions and we know what they want to know because we've heard it in a thousand consults. We've seen it on our SEO reports. We're making content that speaks directly to the pain points that they're experiencing right now. We're not looking for somebody who is going to be mowing the grass on a Saturday when life is good. If you're this attorney, right? Because we're competing in that market. We're competing with Brene Brown. We're competing with Joe Rogan. We're competing with Ari Kaplan. We are trying to find <laughs> thank you <laughs> we're, for everyone listening <laughs> no but go on i love it thank you but we're but we're trying to compete in a market that we have to to me no business in we are not trying to create content that's competing we're trying to create content that nurtures that speaks to the problem that lets them know we are your people and we once they listen and they call us and they set the appointment, and they hire us. 
they're probably not going to listen much more. Now you might make episodes and a lot of my clients do about here's what you need to know before mediation and they'll send it to them different stages in the process that can help nurture them. But that's just a nice little value add for the client. But for the most part, you're not having subscribers that are listening to every episode with bated breath. What's going to happen next? And so don't think about it that way. That's what we're doing. But conversely, there's another type of podcast that works really well, and that's educating referral sources. Trial Lawyer Nation is a show that we work with. Michael Cowan in San Antonio, who does an excellent job at this. He has, he talks, he has some of the most notable trial lawyers all over the world. Come on, break down cases, talk about voir dire strategies, talk about a closing argument that worked, talk about a focus group technique. He also talks about running the business and things like that. And so he has created this following of people who are subscribed, who do not miss an episode who love it. And now he's built up his own stature in the legal community and he's driving referrals. He's driving people who want to bring cases and work co-counsel with him. He recently wrote a trucking book that I hear is performing really well. And one of those reasons is I, I talked to somebody yesterday who was interested in starting a podcast and he had heard about me on that podcast. And I asked him, I said, did you buy the book? Yeah. And he doesn't even do trucking. He's not a trucking lawyer. Not that he wouldn't maybe take the case, but he bought the book because Michael Cowan wrote it. And it's, there is in the network as well that he creates by bringing all those lawyers on most of them, he's meeting for the first time. And so that's a long answer to the question of when you're going to do a podcast, why are you doing it? Who are you doing it for? What do they want to know? Ultimately, how are you uniquely qualified to speak directly to that? And then how's this whole endeavor turn into money? What mistakes do you see law firms that are trying to launch a podcast or that do so making with these uh, initiatives? A lot of times they half asset. They, and I get that because done is better than perfect frequently. But at the same time, if you're not careful, you can create something that will be a bit of a blemish on what you're doing. And when you have a, you have a marketing strategy that is tight and it looks good. And then you limp in with content that sounds like it was recorded in a wind tunnel and it's not edited at all. I'm not saying you have to overly edit things, but it just, it isn't clean. It isn't professional. And that reflects poorly on you, especially in this moment in time where for really 50 bucks, you can get a microphone that to the, to almost anybody's ear is going to sound indistinguishable from this rock that I'm talking into here. And it plugs right into your computer. So I, I have clients that travel a lot. So they'll be in South America in a hotel room recording a podcast, the same as they would be anywhere else from their spare bedroom, from their office. And they sound good. So there's really no excuse to have bad sounding audio at this moment in time. And so they'll make this product that's not very good, but then consistency too, is everybody's excited when they have the idea, we should have a podcast. And I get it. That's how it started for me. I should have a podcast. People should hear what I have to say. And, but then not committing to the strategy, not thinking about it like a real marketing initiative that requires planning. What's the content calendar? 
Like when we start working with people, I want to know what the content calendar is. So let's put that together. That way in three months, when a little bit of the shine wears off and it does start to feel a little bit more like work, but we know what we're doing. We know when we're doing it. We know where to be and when to be and how it's going to go. And in that initial like excitement and motivation, because if you're relying on motivation, I think we've all learned that you're almost always going to fail. It's discipline that gets the game done. And those are the big ones, I think, is really making something of value and, and having the discipline to do it. And that problem a lot of times comes up with smaller firms who will try to DIY a lot of it, which I get it. I DIY'd it myself. It turned into a career, right? Come join me. And but what are you charging per hour? 250, 500. I can tell you there's a lot of great podcast producers out there that will do it for a fraction of that and do it. They will help you tell your story that will resonate with your clients infinitely better than you will do it yourself because you're the lawyer. You practice the law. Bring somebody in. There's a, it's Buy Back Your Time is an excellent book I read with that same idea. Buy it back. Give people money to give you back your time to do the thing that provides the most value for you. How can a podcast host grow an audience quickly? So when we're thinking about growing an audience, we're usually thinking about it not from the speaking directly to clients. Not that there's not angles there that could work. I think they're a much longer term play. But let's say we're going to create something that is, <clears throat> excuse me, educating referral sources. And then in some instances, we can educate prospects because things are ever changing in their market. I see that a lot with some of my really big clients. They're talking about international tax. This is growing and changing and shifting, and that can go on. You can have subscribers there. But when you want to grow, first, you have to think about the strategy. What's the size of your market? How does it eventually turn into money? What is our content calendar going to look like? Because when you want to grow something, it has to be consistently good. It can't be full of duds because a subscriber is somebody who likely wants to hear every episode. And when they show up and every third episode isn't for them, it's just it's talking to somebody else who's not even them. Or it's just really bad. You bring on a guest and the guest sucks. And you're like, ugh. So you have to make consistently good content that is for the listener. Something that Every time a new episode comes out, we all have those shows that every time we get a notification about that show, we go, oh, I know what I'm doing the next time I have a break because that's my thing. Be that. And the, one of the ways you can be that is by not trying to be everything. And Seth Godin's, I learned a lot of that from him, is if you try to be for everybody, it's going to be really hard because then you're competing in a very broad marketplace. Be for these people. And when you do that, you can talk about things that they're not usually getting anywhere else. And that'll allow you to grow these people who will then tell the people that they know. I think you may have used the word fast. That's always difficult. Fast is hard because success is a long game. It's uh, you know, Gary Vee. I feel like I'm just name dropping all over the place. But one of the things I think of almost every day is it always takes longer than you think. But make good, consistent content that's going to speak to people, but promote that content too. make sure that the people that you want to hear it know it's there. Paid ads are a really good way, especially if you have a niche market. You can access a niche market with paid ads. Cheap is a subjective word, pretty inexpensively. 
to get it in front of people. Hey, this is a thing that exists. You should check it out. And then all of the different things you can do to promote it from the podcast itself, other than just putting it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the places it should be. It's so easy to create the video while you're creating the podcast. You just hit record and even on Zoom, you get the video. Riverside Squadcast, you get the video. Take that video, put it on YouTube. Clip that video up. Turn it into small pieces of micro content. We're very familiar at this point. Reels, right? Clip it into that. Captions, branding, putting it out. In every episode, if you do a 30-minute episode, there's probably at least five or six solid 60-second little hits in there that are going to make somebody see it and notice. Because converting someone into a subscriber is hard. Getting them to even listen is hard. How many times has a friend sent you a podcast? Somebody you love, somebody who you would do anything for, will send you a podcast and say, dude, I love this. And we still don't listen to it because we're busy. We have a lot going on. We have a lot of competing interests. It just gets pushed down. And so getting somebody to press play is very difficult. One of the ways that we can do that is creating that short form content, that stuff that they're just going to casually see when they're just scrolling along. They see it, it's got a little title and it's got some captions. They don't have to even hear it. They see and they go, oh, they're qualifying themselves. Oh, that's for me. That's speaking. I want to know more about that. Okay. And they might not listen right away, but they saw it. They know that there's value in it. They know they are the person who it's for. See it again. You're making those little points of contact. There's a reason Doritos is always on the Super Bowl because they don't forget about us. We're here. And it's that way to make sure people can see it they get used to it and they see it over and they like it. And then eventually, okay, I, I need to listen to that episode. They listen to the episode and they're like, oh, I like that episode. And then you've got 45 other episodes and we've all been there where we discover something we like. Then we start listening to it and we go, it's, it's all we want to talk about for a minute. It's our thing. It's like, our oh my gosh, I love this podcast. Have you heard this podcast? I love it. I don't know. So I'm telling you, I know that you're busy. You got to listen to this podcast. And so promoting it, letting people see it, because so many people will drop that link onto LinkedIn and be like, we have a new podcast episode. You could hide a body behind that link and it's very, it, it's going to be safe. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Robert Ingalls, the founder and CEO of Law Pods, a podcast production and marketing agency for law firms. Robert, thanks so much. Man, this was such a pleasure. I really said it. We said it off the mic, but I watched you speak at my law school in 2009 and you were doing things that I didn't think people like me could do. It was a lot of years before I figured it out, but I th there's no way that didn't influence me in some way to realize there are other things that we can do that are much more interesting. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.